Welcome back to another episode of the Stocks to Blocks podcast, a stocks and blockchain podcast from Investify that turns you from a confused to confident investor. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned pro, join us as we demystify stocks and cryptocurrencies one episode at a time. And whilst we are licensed, we don't know your individual circumstances, so everything in this episode is for education and entertainment purposes only. And with that, let's get stuck into it. The rich market volatility can be unsettling for any investor, but it can be especially challenging for long-term investors who are looking to grow their portfolio steadily over time. So in this podcast, I'm pretty keen for us to focus on helping long-term investors understand the impact of market volatility on their investments and provide strategies to manage that impact. Are you up for the task? No. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Right. All right. I Hit love me. a good long-term investment. Yep. You do as well. I reckon I'm more of a long-term investor than uh, short-term. So you're not a trader. I've tried it. Yep. I don't think I'm good at it in the sense that I don't think I have the patience or the lack of the, the, the time. The t- yeah, time I struggle with, but also the emotional. I haven't mastered the psychology behind it. Yeah, it stresses me out too much. But you understand it now. I, I definitely understand it. Yeah, I just um, I just don't think it's for me. Mm. That's fine. Yeah, it's not for everyone. I mm. do like to swing trade and do some day trading myself. I have challenged myself a fair bit over the last few years on trying to master it, but it is. It's it's a mind battle. Yeah, and it's very TA driven, right? And that's something that you're very very good at, much better than yeah, I am. So I'd probably look, I don't even look at some of the coins or stocks in the fundamental aspects at all. I would just go, "Yep, I see this pattern. I'm in. I'm out. I know my risk to reward. My trading strategy has played out to a T here. I'm going in." Crazy. But I always have a stop loss. That's very very good. We digress a little bit because today we're here to talk about long-term investments or, or some strategies and tips that we can put in place to be a successful long-term investor. Like Warren Buffett. Like Warren Buffett, the goat of investing. He just had his uh, big conference recently. Did you look at it? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So I didn't actually listen into it, but the 40,000 people that tuned in must have got something out of it. Like a cult, isn't it? It's crazy. And Charlie Munger is 99 years old. Good effort for him to rock up. He didn't speak for about the first, I reckon it was 45 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I watched it and... Yep. It took a while for him to warm up and yeah. actually say something. And but when he got going, yeah, he was he was, was fine. Red hot start. They're they're funny the way that those two bounce off each other. They're pretty funny. I think Charlie Munger said one thing to remove toxic people from your life. Was that? Oh right. Yeah, it was what a big you, quote. What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're a good man. Yeah. <laughs> but he did say that uh, don't let people sort of hang around if they're not benefiting you absolutely agree with that anyway so long-term investments what do you got for us compound the magic word the eighth wonder of the world that's the one warren buffett einstein was it yeah right (laughs) he says compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world he who understands it earns it he who doesn't I've got the end of it. I was just testing you. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about compound interest. Yeah, sure. So if you put it out on a graph where you say A and B, if you have A and you are compounding, say you pick a stock that you like or a crypto and you are gradually investing, so compounding your investment over time. So you are buying $10 every week, like your dollar cost averaging, the one you are. Tramp stamp. <laughs> so you have your baskets A and B. One you're compounding, one you're not. 
So over time, you are DCAing, you're buying a certain stock or crypto, you're putting $10 every week, and you're compounding it. So if you actually match, and, and the second, the B, the B basket, you're not compounding. You're sort of just leaving it to do its own thing. Great, you're getting 8% returns, but you're not compounding. By compounding, I mean reinvesting. Say you're making a dividend from it, and you're reinvesting that dividend back into that stock or crypto so essentially if you pair them together side by side the compounding the basket a it'll slowly it'll, it'll kind of match basket b over the first few years but when it gets to you know year seven year eight year ten that's when the compounding effect really kicks in and your money just multiplies 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 because you're essentially adding the same dividend in this instance you're essentially putting it in and that dividend's growing in the background so you're putting in the the bigger dividend every year, year on year, it's just multiplying on itself. So, you know that ad, how they say superannuation, one goes up, one goes down. <laughs> um, industry super? That's the one. I'm with one of these. <laughs> <laughs> That's compounding. Yeah, it's compounding. Yeah. So, essentially, Carol going up the escalator, <laughs> she's going to win in the end. So, she's the winner. So, I guess compounding, you won't see the effect in the short term, but in the long term, you will see a massive effect. Yeah. That's what superannuation does. That's what it was created for, was for your retirement. Well, to take it a step back, it's it really is just interest on interest, right? So yeah. if you invest $100 into the market and you return 10% on, uh, in the first year, you would have $110. You've got $100 plus your $10, which is your 10%. Yep. With nominal, in, nominal interest or without the compound interest, in your second year, if you earn another 10%, you're only earning 10% on that $100 again. So you earn only earn another hundred dollars sorry only another ten dollars so that means at the end of year two you'll have two hundred and twenty dollars with compound interest after your first year where you've got your ten dollars of interest from the ten percent your second year you will earn ten percent on not just the a hundred dollars that you started with but the ten dollars of interest so you'll make eleven dollars in the second year mm-hmm. so you'll have an extra dollar obviously that doesn't sound like a lot when we're talking about a hundred dollars year, but as you said with your perfect example if, imagine if you have more money to start with anyway, like $1,000 or $10,000. But over time, that just goes like that, doesn't it? It does. The that's, scale is just ridiculous. Yeah. Soon in, in compound interest. Oh, in our course, we, we talk about how big, like what percentage over time to get to a million dollars, what percentage is made up of compound interest, and it's something crazy. Mm. Like it, it, I think it's ultimately like more of what you originally invest in. Yeah. It's something ridiculous. That's why a lot of investors say you got to start young. It's due to compound interest. Like, yeah. If you can just do the hard work early and just get some money in your investments and then that just means you're compounding at a young age. And over time, it's just going to go up fast. Yeah. The few years you lose at the start, say you invested when you were 25 instead of your 20 and you lose the five years, those five years when you're older, when it compounds at the end, is massive. Absolutely. So I guess the takeaway for that is invest young and if you can't, Invest young if you obviously you can't go back in time if you don't have a time machine handy. Everyone can invest. Everyone can invest. Everyone can, even if it's a dollar, you can invest. Yep. But I guess bringing it back a bit is you need to learn how to save. Yep. From your savings account, you can put it into an investment account. Mm-hmm. And if you have a, a job, if you have any sort of income, you can put some some money aside, very minimal. But over the long long term, just think about your retirement, think about your future. Mm-hmm. Learn to save, then move that into an investment account. Fantastic. And, you know, one investment that's pretty secure, well, the least riskiest would be probably an ETF in the stock market world. Mm-hmm. Then you have 
property. Ev- they probably even all, bonds. Even bonds, yeah. They all have sort of a risk out of ten, and depend depends on your uh, risk profile and who you are as a person. You know what age you are. And that's the advice. We can't provide the personal advice, but the general advice is <laughs> invest. Mm-hmm. And moving on from compound interest, diversification is obviously key as well. Let's talk a bit about that. Yeah, so I guess back to risk. If you are putting all your eggs into one basket, that's a common term that everyone mm-hmm. uses. That's what diversification is, not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so essentially, if you have, you want to be diversified. So if one asset class goes up, and one goes down, you want to be protected. So when the economy, for instance, right now we're in this period of instability, you know, economic nightmares, mess, you want to be looking at inverse assets based on the economy. So gold, gold is a great example that I've been using. Essentially gold goes up when more money is printed. They have an inverse relationship. So everyone rushes to gold for its stability. It's that shiny metal. Everyone's sort of fleeing to gold. It's hard to take out of the ground. It's hard to find. There's a certain amount of supply. Same thing with crypto, Bitcoin. There's 21 million coins out there. There's a capped capped supply. Demand is rushing. When there's a lot of money being printed, there's no capped supply. So they can turn it on and off whenever they please. That's why people rush. And being diversified, meaning... You want to have gold. You want to have a bit of property. You want to have a bit of stocks because they all talk to each other in certain ways. When one goes up, one comes down. And if you're even if you're just in stocks, like you can you can still be diversified in one of those markets as well. Like if you, if you're like I said, if you're just in stocks, if you don't touch crypto, you don't touch property. Be diversified in the sectors that you're in. Be have some tech, have some health, have some energy, have some banks. Because like you said, even with asset classes, you know, if one goes up, the other ones come down. So you want to be diversified. Not just in asset classes, but in sectors as well. Yeah, essentially. If, yeah, exactly. Spot on. So if you have, if you are only in stocks, be diversified in that sector. You have large caps, small caps, penny. Mm. You know, don't put all your bar, all your eggs into the penny sector because that's a very risky asset class. In I reward though. <laughs> I reward <laughs> exactly. But have a bit of cash on the side. So then, don't you know utilize all that cash and just throw all that money into one sector and hope for the best. That's not a trading strategy. Be diversified even within sectors. You were. And what about rebalancing your portfolio? What is that, and how does one actually go about it? Yeah. So I guess looking at it from a macro uh, standpoint, you've got you got to zoom out and understand that you know when times are tough inflation's through the roof interest rates are going up you probably want to look at uh, less riskier assets that's why you see risky assets go down so crypto has gone down it's a risky asset people are unsure what the future is for crypto so then people move their money from there that's the rebalance right i'm talking about the rebalance here from crypto they're moving it into something more safer like gold or bonds or property rebalancing correctly based on your risk profile during the time or where you are in the economic sort of span. If, if the economy is looking crappy, then we move towards more safe haven assets. Fantastic. And would that tie into, if you, as part of your rebalancing portfolio strategy, if you were in, let's just say crypto, for example, and crypto has obviously had a pretty good run this year where it's up 80 or 90%, would you take, what you're saying is you could take profits from the crypto. Let's say you only want 20% of your portfolio to be in crypto. And if 
crypto has had the run that it's had this year, that 20% has probably gone up a bit because your balance has obviously shifted out. Mm-hmm. So you might be up at 30% of your portfolio is, is crypto because Bitcoin's gone on a tear. Should you be taking profits that would bring it back down to that 20% level, put it somewhere else or hold on to it in cash or... Is that essentially what you're saying? Yes, exactly. So take profits is key here. Mm. So making sure you take profits when things sort of rush up. You don't want to just leave it and forget about it and hope for the best. That's not investing, that's gambling. Mm -hmm. So as you said, you capture that 10% from 20 to 30% on Bitcoin. It goes up. Time to possibly rebalance. You've made your money. Time to move that 10% into something safer. Maybe move it to cash. Maybe put it into that interest earning save your capital because it's not a it's not a game of gambling here we're not we're not just hoping we're trying to follow our strategy and based on the economy where we are at at any point in time you want to constantly look at rebalancing your portfolio whether it's weekly probably not weekly but monthly (laughs) quarterly you know yearly you always need to step back understand how much cash you have how much i have in property how much i have in gold commodities etfs bonds having a well diversified portfolio is critical any other tips before we sign it off nope all right thanks rich that was awesome thank you anthony see you next time